Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Beautiful day. This is a day to get out there and uh, do some gardening. It looks like it's going to be really nice. Maybe a bit breezy, so prepare for that. I I want I said this yesterday. I made note of it yesterday. I'm going to make note of it again today. The organic gardener believes in, you know, care of the land to get you your best crop, your best most beautiful flowers, healthiest trees, etc. I used to tell people, please don't go into a nursery and ask them, are your seeds GMO free? Because it used to be companies would spend billions, with a B, billions of dollars to create a genetically engineered seed for a given plant. And there was no way they were going to sell you a two ninety nine packet of seeds of a genetically modified plant because they'll lose all their money. Oh, well, that was yesterday. The 1st of February, a company has released a genetically modified purple tomato that you can go and buy. Now, this is not a tomato where they cross it with fish DNA or something like that. It is a tomato that's crossed with snapdragons, the flower. And it happens to be a type of snapdragon that is edible. But what they get is this incredible dark purple. It looks like a Concord grape. It is super dark, super rich, and super high in anthocyanins, which are a a very healthy compound that antioxidant, anti-cancer, it is really good for us and fortunately the tomato itself the tomato itself is very productive and fairly disease resistant the tomato is about the size of a a good healthy sun gold but it's a GMO. They crossed the DNA from this Snapdragon into the GM into this plum tomato and as a result you get this super healthy plant, super healthy food and 
you know, they tried a GMO tomato to the public in the 80s, and the problem was it tasted terrible, so they couldn't sell it. Well, this one's supposed to taste pretty good. So it is possible now, and you have to check which nurseries are selling this, which nurseries have it available. But you can, as a backyard gardener, Go to a nursery and buy genetically modified seeds. Now, I am not making judgment on the process. That's up to you. But you need to check the seed packages now. This has been released to the public and um, you want to you wanna be informed if you go to buy it. For the record, it's a productive, beautiful tomato. And it has all of the nutrients that you're looking for in it. But again, I'm not passing judgment. I'm only passing information. You, as the individual, get to decide whether or not you want to do this. Let's go to the phone. This is Amy. Amy, what can I help you with? Hi, Jeff. Good morning. Um, I have a question about mountain laurels. I planted one probably this, like the fall before we had the snow bed. In Austin, and I live in Buda, so I have clay, um, and it survived the snow. And then it took another year to kind of even out, and it's beautiful. It's gotten growth. It's gotten beautiful new leaves. But I want the flower. I want the three weeks <laughs> of the smell-good flower, and it won't bloom for me. And now it's, you know, March next week, so I missed another year of beautiful purple smelling mountain laurels and I'm just so disappointed it's been about three or four years and it's it's like I said it's gotten I mean it's about as tall as me if not a little taller it's not too wide um it's grown beautifully it gets plenty of sun I compost it three or four fresh compost ring around it um the best water but it doesn't need to be I just don't know what I need to do so I can walk outside and, and smell it, <laughs> which is the whole reason I bought okay. the plant to begin with. <laughs> Question number one, you don't, do you get blooms or you don't get blooms at all? I haven't gotten any blooms at all. Do you have an infestation of the caterpillar, the mountain laurel worm that eats the buds? Oh, I've never looked. I mean, the the leaves are beautiful, and when I look at the plant, I don't see anything on it. Are they small? Would, would they be hidden? No, they're, you would see them, and they tend to produce a webbing over the leaf oh, okay. because they're, they're chewing up the leaf. 
All right. The only other thing I can think of for you, you're treating it possibly too good. I know that sounds <laughs> okay. silly. You, you may be killing it with kindness. Um, okay. How often do you water it? I mean, only with the rain and then in the summer. with I'm, I'm kind of a water snob. I don't use it unless I have to. Um, so only with rain and then, you know, in the summer when I have to run the sprinklers to the house. But, I mean, I never really put a hose on it or anything. Okay. I have a 15-year-old mountain laurel that's 8 or 10 feet tall now. I have never provided it with supplemental water. Um, I actually have another one that's only probably three foot tall now. It also has never received supplemental water. It was water from the sky or no water. They are very, very drought tolerant plants. And too much water and too much fertilizer can wind up having them go crazy and make lots of leaves rather than uh, lots of blooms. So okay. they generally don't need fertilizer. Uh, that compost once or twice a year is probably fine, but you, okay. can, you can kind of ignore them and they will just do fine. And I have had years where I didn't get a single bloom and it wasn't because of bugs, bugs, excuse me. It just decided not to bloom. I'm lucky this year went out yesterday and I got lots of purple tips showing and they're going uh -huh. to leaf out and bloom out. But I've had years where I didn't get a single one. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's a caterpillar because I haven't seen any webbing on the leaves because I keep looking at it, you know, trying to use my... Jedi mind tricks to make it bloom <laughs> and um, it sounds like I'm just doing what you said I'm being too nice to it you know I compost all of my trees you know with season changes um, you know my oaks my peach trees my mulberry and the mountain laurel it's just automatic to give it that fresh you know bag of compost ring to kind of keep it happy um, and I thought I was doing good with all the leaves, but I know I did know that they're you know they're drought resistant, and I mean you see them randomly in parks blooming beautifully, and I'm I just didn't know why mine wasn't doing it. So it sounds like I just need to ignore it and leave it alone. You maybe once a year do the compost, but okay. I don't know. You need to do it more often than that. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Maybe next year I'll get a bloom. I appreciate it. <laughs> Good luck with it, Amy. Thanks for the call. Uh, Brio, I see you there. I got to take a break. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, let's go to the phone. This is Brio. Brio, what can I help you with? Hey, Jeff. Um, thanks for taking my call. Well, I did not get a chance to cut my roses back um, at Valentine's Day, and I'm wondering if I should still do it now. Sure. Okay. Uh, you're kind of being conned here. 
Oh. <laughs> you can trim Tell roses. Tell me about that. You can trim roses any time of the year. Oh. You don't have to wait till, oh, it's Valentine's Day. That seems kind of silly that <laughs> on on a day of love with a plant that symbolizes love, you want to cut it back. You know, it's, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Roses can be trimmed when they need to be trimmed. Okay. You can remove up to one-third of a rose uh-huh. pretty much any time of the year. And okay. that gives you opportunity to trim them so that they grow in the direction you want. Uh, it encourages new blooming. Uh-huh. Have at it. Okay. Well, um, another side question is my uh, dad was helping out with uh, trimming away dead foliage, and he took one of my roses down to a nub. (laughs) Do you think that that's going to come back, or should I maybe replace it? Uh, Give it some time. A little patience will go a long way. Um, Keep an eye on this little nub, um, and you should see some new green showing up. It may take Uh it a while to recover to the size that you wanted, but it okay. doesn't necessarily mean that he killed it. You just okay. uh, give it some patience first. All right. Well, thank you very much. You bet. Good luck. Yeah. Of <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs> um, you can trim your roses when they need it. This. Oh, you need to trim them on Valentine's Day. No, you don't. <laughs> You can trim a rose when it needs to be trimmed, when you want to direct the growth. You know, that's the neat thing about a rose. You can trim it so that it will grow in the direction you want it to grow. Up, down, in, out, doesn't matter. Depending on where you trim it, what you leave for the uh, last bud on the stem will tell you where it's going to grow. And... That'll let you create a bushier plant or a taller plant. Maybe you got a couple of uh, stems that are kind of hanging out in the wrong direction. Trim it. Your rose will do just fine. I regrettably have one that it looks like I lost between um, summer, which it was doing so well, and now, after the heat and the freeze, I, I lost my grandma's yellow. And it was awesome. It was awesome. I got these big, beautiful yellow buds. <clears throat> and I'm very disappointed. Now, my other roses are doing okay. But I... I I may have to go and look and get a new yellow rose. This was this was so pretty, such a deep color of yellow, and I'm not sure that it's going to survive. I'm not sure that it's it's going to survive and come up out of the ground for me. So disappointing. My other roses did great, so I don't know what happened to this one. can only 
I don't know. I can only hope for the best. Um, a lot of folks, a lot of folks are asking about trimming oak trees. Um, Arborists got together and they picked a period of time where it was the lowest risk of pruning oak trees and not spreading, not spreading oak wilt. They came up and they agreed that you should not be trimming oak trees. Let me rephrase this. That the period of time to trim oak trees is July 1st through January 31st. In other words, we're outside of our window. Can you do it? Yeah, you can. If you live in an area that doesn't have oak wilt, your risk is less. But if there is oak wilt in your area, trimming the plants exposes them to the little beetle that can spread oak wilt. It's not the only way to get oak wilt. Oak wilt can be planned uh, past root to root on oak trees. Can you trim them now? That's your risk. That's your risk. And if you are trimming an oak tree and you're cutting any branch that's going to be an inch or bigger, you should uh, shoot paint onto the cut wound the minute you cut it sharp tools clean them off make the cut spray the wound with paint you do not need to use that black tar stuff that's no we don't need to use that seal it with any kind of paint use pretty colors if you want the paint will cause a seal that will prevent the insect from being able to get to the xylem and phloem and the internals of the tree and infect it with oak wilt. I leave it up to you. Now, I have to tell you, there are places in, uh, I know in, in South Austin, where they will fine you if you are trimming oak trees at the wrong time because they have so many oak trees, so many oak trees, and they don't want to risk everyone's tree. They don't want it spread. So take your own chances. Take your own chances if you want to trim your oak trees. You know, one of the best things you can do is investigate which oak trees are oak wilt resistant. 
I have a burr oak. I love it. It's beautiful. And it is oak wilt resistant, as is my chinkapin oak, as was my Monterey, although I lost the Monterey to a freeze, which I shouldn't have, but I did. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming to the bottom of the hour. Going to break for the news. I'll catch you all on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, one of the things that happens around here is people will ask, well, when do I plant such and such? One of the easy clues is, is it available in a nursery? Because if it's not, well, you're not going to plant it, right? If the plant is showing up at the nurseries right now, that means it's time to plant it right now. So that is your first clue when you're looking at plant ABC. If you can find it in the nursery, that means it's okay to put it in the ground now. If you don't find it, then you got to ask a question. Am I too late or am I way too early? Because either possibility, right? If you are looking to plant something and you don't know when you should be planting it, look up the Travis County Master Gardener's Guide. Do a search on the interwebs for a planting calendar for Travis County. It works in all 11 counties in the center, folks. It's not just Travis. This will be a guideline that will tell you when we would normally plant certain plants and whether you should plant them as a start, as a seed, as a crown, a transplant. It'll give you that information. I just need to keep reminding people, this calendar is a reminder for you. You may see, you may see that it says you would plant some X plant right now. And you go and you stand outside and you go, wait a minute. It's really cold out here yet. What do you mean I, I should be planting this now? That's exactly what the guide is for. It is simply a reminder. It's not set in stone. Don't look at the guide and go, oh, it says plant X. No, it says 
check and see if the weather is okay because if the weather is appropriate for this particular time of the year, then it is appropriate to plant this plant at this time of the year. These guides <clears throat> are priceless. Lots of experience and practical knowledge went in to creating these calendars to tell you when you should be planting potatoes, when you should be putting in lettuce or tomatoes. But they're just guidelines. You have to use some common sense and check what the weather is like. Because plants cannot read. Plants base everything on their environment. Temperature, water, soil type, etc., etc., etc. You need to simply look at the guy and go, oh, wow. It says I can plant potatoes in February. Weather's been pretty good. Oh, wow, I, I'm a little late. I better get with it. It's just a reminder. But it's really good if you want to plant something and don't know when it should go in the ground. This gives you an idea. And you're not wasting your time putting something in now that really should be planted in October. That is the easiest way to figure out what you should be planting and when you should be getting it planted. And again, the easy clue, the really easy clue for all of this is if the nursery has it in stock now, then that means it's okay to put in the ground now. Yes, they may be having a whole rack of tomatoes and it's still freezing outside. That means you can get the tomato and you got to figure out, oh no, it's too cold to put in the ground. They'll warn you that you can buy the tomato, but it can't go in the ground yet. We're just applying some common sense here, some guidance as to when things go into the ground, when you should get them started. Now, if you find it, if you can find it in, if you can find it in the nursery, that means It'll probably go here. If you can't find it in the nursery, you should probably look around where you live. Do you see it growing anywhere near you? Because if you can't find it growing around here and you can't find it in a nursery, more than likely it's not going to grow here. Nurseries will lose customers if they sell them plants that are going to die. So that's why you don't see certain varieties of apples. 
That's why you don't see um, certain kinds of berries, gooseberries, no, huckleberries, no, boysenberries, nope. They are not able to grow well here. So you won't find them in a nursery. Sure, you can order them from other nurseries, but there's no guarantee they're going to make it here. So don't cause yourself a lot of work. Let's go to the phone. This is uh, WD. WD, what can I help you with? Hey, Jeff. Um, I'm, uh, I have some, uh, tomato cuttings that I cut off of a main cherry tomato plant, container plant, before the first freeze. And uh, I put them in small pots and stuck them in a south window indoors. And they're getting a bit leggy. Uh, should I top these? No. They're getting leggy because they're not getting as much light as they want. And that's wow. Okay. That's okay, because once you put them outside, they will recover. They'll correct the legginess, and they'll start growing like a proper plant. That's their reaction to too much water or too little sunlight. So yeah. that's, not, okay. that's not bad behavior. It'll overcome it once they go out in the ground and get real sunshine. And believe it or not, I've gotten one tomato off of one of the plants. <laughs> okay, it, you don't it have was to about rub the size of in, a marble, right? you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, legginess, for the most part, <laughs> tends to be insufficient light. It can be okay. from too much water, but that would not be unusual for the situation you have. Yes, it's getting sun from the window, but it's nothing like from getting sun outside with no interference between it and the sun. Right. Okay. I have one other question, and it's mm -hmm. about um, ashes in the chimney out in the backyard. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I don't plan on putting them in the yard, but I was go I was thinking about either – they're going to the landfill in a bag, or they're going to go to composting, curbside composting. But um, I'm concerned, I, I guess, when that ash hits the, uh, as you called it, the major league shredders, it's probably going to create a cloud of dust. Um, maybe it's just best to throw that in the landfill. Possibly, but a lot of the shredders, um, wet down stuff as they do it because oh, okay. of that reason. So they they don't flood it. They may mist it, but they're trying to control dust, ash, no pun intended, things like that, so that yeah. it doesn't make a mess. So you're probably okay putting it in uh, the 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 normal composting cycle. Okay, very good. Thanks. Uh, you've answered my questions. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Have a good day. Folks, it's uh, 
Time for a break. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, lovely day. Going to be pretty. Going to be windy. That's frustrating to me. I know it's springtime. It gets windy in the spring. Not my favorite time of the year when the wind is just blasting me. But it's going to be a pretty day. My wife got rid of all of our dead lantana. Uh, cut down our turf scout. Got it out of the way. We're ready to go. And the thing is, when we cut the Turk's cap down, we noticed that we already had new leaves coming up. So the timing was pretty good there. So waiting for it to come back up so that I can get those red blooms and I can get all those hummingbirds. Still have things to clean up, always. Got some trees that trying that keep putting up shoots and I don't want them to. We have those to cut out. Got all my seed stars. By the way, if you, uh, I know several people had commented to me about it. If you are growing Aunt Molly's ground cherry, my gosh, that is a slow plant. It took three weeks, almost to the day, for them to pop up and germinate. And then after that, after it germinated and started coming up, it's been 10 days and I still don't have true leaves. I still only have the two starter leaves that get things going. So no guarantee, no guarantee that gonna get them to grow. So uh, crossing my fingers, I, I, I got half a dozen plants up, but man, they're staying so tiny and they're just not advancing here. Now, my tomatoes and my peppers, oh my gosh, my peppers now are starting to race my tomatoes as to which one's ready. <clears throat> My problem is I'm, I don't want to put them in the ground and then have to worry about coming out later and having to cover them. And this week in my area where they're growing, I have a problem. The temperatures are going to get so cold that if I plant the tomatoes, I'm going to have to come out and cover them. I don't want to do the extra work. They're doing just fine in the containers they're in now. They're under grow lights, they're keeping warm, I'm keeping them watered and fertilized, but I don't wanna put them in the ground and then have to run back out here because we got too cold and have to cover them. And I'm kind of crossing my fingers that at the end of this week, at the end of this last little cold spell we have coming, 
that the temperatures will be in the proper range for the tomatoes at that point. And I won't have to worry about them anymore. And then I'm going to put them in the ground. By that time, I should have peppers of the right size, of the right size also. Now, <laughs> uh, someone has texted me, and I have, I have to completely agree with them. I have to completely agree with them. Every Texas yard. Every Texas yard needs a yellow rose. So I'll be looking. I'll be looking for new ones. Grandma's was so beautiful. There's one uh, called Midas Touch that someone is recommending. Yeah. And the good thing is. It. uh a rose does so well here in Texas, not just because it's a yellow rose, though that helps, but roses can do so well here in Texas and give you endless blooms. They can just keep blooming and blooming and blooming. So always a great addition to the landscape. Relatively low maintenance. And all of those beautiful blooms, many times we can get heavily scented roses that just fill the air with this heavenly scent. You're right. Every Texas yard should have a rose, preferably a yellow rose. Folks, uh, we're coming up to the top of the hour and the end of the show. I hope everybody has a great weekend. I'll talk to you all again next Saturday at 9 o'clock. Enjoy the week.